Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 56 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Hu Ping Shang, is a data scientist armed with an MBA degree and 15 years of relevant experience, a strong and passionate advocate of data science and artificial intelligence, who artificial intelligence that can be used to better humanity. His advocacy work in the day by, is by helping businesses to build internal data capabilities at night building tech communities through Data Science Singapore and AI Professionals Association. Ping Sheng is experienced in the full process of getting value from data, from data collection, management, and governance to implementation of insights through strategy and business performance measurement, experienced in data governance and management, data visualization, machine learning, and text mining. He shared his knowledge through training, mentoring, and consulting. To date, he clocked at least 2,000 man-hours of training. Wow. His research interest is in how an organization can build data science and artificial intelligence capabilities to derive value from their data and how to build artificial general intelligence. Sounds really interesting and I can't wait to hear from him. So let's just welcome him and hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that? So welcome, Ping Shang. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your show. It's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. And uh, I can see that we are going to have a lot of fun uh, while doing this. So the first question is about, you know, how did you find your passion in this particular data space and what steps did you take to pursue that passion? Okay, uh, actually in a nutshell, I sort of stumbled into uh, this profession of mine. Uh -huh. um, so what happened was, uh, during my university days, so I, actually, I actually took up uh, economics. So it wasn't really the, the normal background that most people were hire data scientists from. Um, but I did know what I wanted to do and uh, that is I wanted to become a star data and a star stock research analyst, <laughs> so uh -huh. to speak. Okay, um, reason being was uh, I like to do uh, analysis work and I also like numbers as well. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and I think most people will be thinking now, say, how come you don't take a mathematics background then if that's the case? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. uh, if you take mathematics then, right, which is like more than 15 years ago, you probably end up being a teacher. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's great uh, advantage, I guess, being in the space that, you know, that's benefit that you were the teacher. Uh, yes, I mean, I mean, I, now I'm also considered a teacher to, to a certain extent, <laughs> but, uh, but I wasn't really keen on being a, a professional teacher, so to speak. Uh, that means teaching in the primary school and the secondary schools over here. Um, so I took up economics instead because economics actually helps me with my analysis skill. And I thought it's actually quite a good uh, life skill to have uh, to understand uh, economics and uh, politics and all. Mm -hmm. So I took that up and uh, the aim was to actually become a stock uh, analyst. Mm -hmm. uh, long story short, I actually, what, what happened was I graduated during such a period as well. Uh, so it was in uh, 2003 where the SARS uh, mm -hmm. pandemic was around. Mm -hmm. um, so I graduated and I couldn't find a job. Uh, no one wants to give a chance to a fresh grad. Not like probably now there's a lot of schemes mm -hmm. over here in Singapore that, that helps to a fresh grad. 
Um, so I was really, I really had about 18 months, right? Literally stacking shelves in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did not keep up. Uh, so I, I still continue uh, reading, uh, upgrading myself uh, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So I mean, over here will be sort of an example for the rest of your audiences who are still looking for a job. Just keep your chins up, upgrade yourself. I'm sure the, the days, the, the bad days will be over. Yeah. So I'm glad, mm. very glad actually, because a lot of people are trying to get into this field because they have like a different background and they're like you're struggling to transform their career from one form to the other. So I think you are a great example that how you are leading it uh, and are mm. able to manage to like you know, transform your career into the data science space. So thank yes. you so much. Really happy to yep. have you and host you here. The second section is about questions from the audience. So I have shortlisted a couple of questions for you. So the first question is how strategy and business performance measurement to turn an organization into a successful AI driven organization, how it can benefit? Uh, personally, I feel okay. So most of the most of the organization now are collecting a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it, right? Uh, most of them are sort of still BAU, uh, still business as usual. Uh, a lot of them are not really taking advantage of it. Uh, I do have people like telling me that who cool, uh, I am what I, I mean I'm doing reporting and all this but I always ask this question and that is how do you know that your reporting is tied to the strategy of your business or the strategy of your employer and all this do you do you know how, how tight it is um, unfortunately I think most of them could not answer that question and so my personal my personal uh, take is that I think any organization who wants to really become a successful AI-driven organization, the first thing they should look at will be the data, mm -hmm. uh, the data that they're collecting. Mm -hmm. And second thing will be their reporting processes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think most organizations you will have come across, if you look at their reporting processes, if you look at their mm -hmm. reports or even uh, dashboards, right? I think some of the visualizations are also quite atrocious. <laughs> uh, I would say even atrocious is an understatement because uh, a lot of them are just displaying it for the sake of displaying. Uh, there isn't really much design consideration involved right, in helping uh, the business stakeholders to make a, a, a faster decision, so to speak. Uh, and it turns out that a lot of reports, uh, the metrics are not so good. That's one. Uh, second thing, the visualizations are not so good. And... Yeah makes it a lot of, a lot of organizations, they don't really have confidence in, in their data. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think all this can be rectified like, if, if we can uh, pay attention to really the, the data collected and also the uh, reporting process first. I would say that would be the most important first step to go to, to become a successful AI-driven organization. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing and hope that answers the audience question. Second yep. uh, question that we have is what are some of the big data challenges organizations are facing currently? How to mm -hmm. overcome those? How the efficiency can be achieved on the data front? I guess there are so many questions clubbed together, but uh, those just to sort it out, like, you know, first question is about how, what are the challenges associated with the big data when it comes to the organization level and mm -hmm. how to overcome those? and uh, how we can achieve that efficiency on the data side. So, uh, so I run tech communities during the during the night, uh, as mentioned during the uh, introduction. So I, I actually uh, talk to a lot of people and to understand what are the common challenges that they have and all. 
The biggest challenge uh, is not about the data though. The biggest challenge is actually about how to start. Mm -hmm. uh, how to even start on using your data. Uh, so one of them that I come across is, uh, there's this common myth right, that people think that, hey, I just have to hire a data scientist mm -hmm. or uh, maybe an AI engineer, right? And my whole organization can start becoming an a AI-driven uh, kind of organization which I don't think that should, that's the right thing. Uh, my suggestion, okay, so, so because the thing is this, if you, if you really go ahead and hire a data scientist, mm -hmm. um, the first step you have to overcome is hiring a good data scientist. But the problem is this, if your organization doesn't even know how to start on this data science journey, mm -hmm. who is to say that you'll be able to hire a good data scientist in the first place? Because you won't be able to differentiate a good one from a, uh, from a bad one, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my suggestion actually is this, uh, it sounds like a shameless plug, plug over here, but uh, it's best to actually get a consultant to come in and really tells you and set up a roadmap for you mm -hmm. uh, to say that, hey, what should be done, what could be done before you really think about hiring a, a data scientist. Because mm -hmm. what I also observe is there's a substantial number of organizations, right? Their mm -hmm. data is actually not that fantastic, which goes back to the uh, previous question from the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to pay more attention to the data. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to pay more attention to the data. So you need someone experienced enough to come in and access whether your data is good enough to even do any data analysis or data science project first. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I would say the biggest, uh, the biggest challenge will be how to start and my solution to that will be hire someone experienced to come and have a look at it mm -hmm. uh, before we think about setting up the whole uh, capabilities uh, building roadmap up first. Uh. Yeah. So I think that would be the biggest challenge. Mm. And how the infrastructure is needed actually for the organization? Uh, yes, correct. The infrastructure and all this. Uh, so the so funny thing is uh, the, in, in the, in the uh, landscape that I, I do observe, right, what happens is a lot of these organization, right, they got too caught up with the term big data and all this and Generally, they thought that, hey, big data and all, I like, to, I like to do big data and all. And most of the time, what they do is they actually attended uh, vendors, software vendors, uh, marketing conference and all this. Mm. Now, you can't, blame, you can't blame these software vendors for marketing big data and all this because they have to earn a living. Uh, but organization then get too caught up with it, right? And they go ahead to buy the, <laughs> buy the software again without any planning on what to do with it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. And thank you so much for sharing. And that was very insightful as well. Moving mm -hmm. towards our next section is about the fun segment where I'm going okay. to give you three words and you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind immediately when you hear words. Okay. So it's kind of an abstract content. So the first word for you is very much associated with your profile, innovation. Innovation, uh, data. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And yep. mentoring or training. Mentoring or training, uh, uh, passion. Mm -hmm. That's uh, And yep. society? Sorry? Society. Third word is... Society, so yeah. Uh, impact. Wow, that's great actually. Thank you uh, so much for participating in that and being sporty. Moving uh, towards our next section is about uh, exploring your career, work and the volunteering. 
So we have a couple of questions. Actually, when I went through your profile, there were a lot more things to explore about your career journey. But as you already mentioned, a couple of things in your passion and interest area, I would just keep it short. And we will go for the first question under this section, which is how does AI Professionals Association works? You are a part of it. So how does it work? Oh, okay, so uh, AI Professionals Association, uh, in short, we call it AIP. Uh, we actually started recently uh, this year. Um, what we are looking at, right, is to actually look at what, uh, both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. uh, both sides of the coin. So what I mean by both sides of the coin will be one side of the coin is actually the talents. Mm -hmm. And the other side of the coin is actually the uh, employers. Uh, it's actually the employers. Mm -hmm. So uh, I get a lot of questions during my tech community work, right? Uh, people are, Talents, right? Individuals coming to me and say, hey, cool, how do I start? Um, I mean, I, I do know that I have some of the skills, but do I, I, do I have enough skills? Um, so they always have this constant uh, question in their mind, right? Whether are they good enough? Whether have they learned enough? Whether have they done enough? Mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, AIP is here to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, what we are looking at is we are trying to look at providing uh, qualification and certifications for these talents. Mm -hmm. um, and all these qualifications and, uh, qualification and certification right, will be to, um, checked, by, okay, checked by fellow uh, professionals. Mm -hmm. So fellow professionals will like, look, at, look at your profiles and all these, right, the talent profile and say that, hey, uh, I think you do have enough or hey, uh, I think you still need this and that and so on and so forth. Uh -huh. So uh, then that will actually help a lot, uh, a lot on, on, on that front for the, for the talents. Uh -huh. Now on the, on the other side of the coin, which is employers, right? I always hear employees telling me that, cool, how do I hire? How do I know that this, this particular talent has a certain level of experience, uh -huh. uh, relevant experience or relevant skills uh, and uh, so on and so forth. So this is where we then provide, uh, we then come back to that certification and qualification, right? Where it says that, hey, look at these guys. These guys have already been certified and qualified by uh, our fellow uh, professionals, mm -hmm. uh, our fellow professionals. So you, we won't say that you won't, you definitely won't hire wrongly, but mm -hmm. I will say that we definitely reduce the risk of hiring wrongly uh, through this uh, certification and qualification. So mm -hmm. that is one of the aim of the AI Professionals Association. So at the end of the day, what we would like to do is really to smooth out the friction, right? That's, uh, that's seen in this particular, uh, in the AI industry, mm -hmm. so that uh, organizations and tenants, tenants can find the, the job that they like to do. And the organization can quickly start adopting AI, right? To make an impact to society. Uh. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great actually. And you're doing great uh, having your passion and like, you know, uh, passion has purpose alongside. So it's great to see that. And moving towards the next question is about uh, more about your volunteering experience. You are part of a two initiatives, which is Data Science Singapore and Data Kind Singapore. So would you like to uh, first talk about importance of volunteering and then share more about these two initiatives that you are part of? Okay, um, so some a lot. I actually before this data science session and all this, I I I did volunteer work for a user group, uh, for a software user group, 
And uh, what I found out was that um, I actually get to interact with other like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I also see the strength of the community uh, because of the networking. Mm-hmm. Um, so the networking actually will sort of feedback to the learning and the learning will also feedback to the community, so to speak. So that's where the uh, volunteering work actually helps a lot uh, mm-hmm. in terms of networking, in terms of uh, leveling the skills and, and knowledge and uh, so on and so forth. Which is why uh, I co-founded this uh, Data Science SG with my co-founder. Um, so we believe in that because we, we, we do think that there's a network effect, there's also the uh, community effect. Uh, and also the learning effect, as long as we band together, uh, as long as we band together with all the like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why data science was actually was, was, set, was set up really to, to help everyone to learn from each other, mm-hmm. uh, to source for resources from each other, and also to hear each other's uh, war stories, mm-hmm. uh, so that we won't repeat any uh, mistakes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. That's true. So, yeah, so, so, so that's... So that's why I would suggest people to volunteer themselves because you really benefit a lot from it, uh, both career and also on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of people have this impression that data scientists are quite like geeky folks that always will sit in front of a computer and, and, and that's it, right? But uh, I think a, a good data scientist will not, will not only do that, but a good data scientist also have to hone their sort of their people skill, their soft skill, which is communication mm-hmm. uh, as well. And... So that's why data science actually also provide that kind of uh, platform and opportunity uh, to improve on the communication by maybe volunteering to speak, uh, volunteering to share. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, moving towards our next section is about tips and advice. So any tips mm-hmm. and advice would you like to give to the students and the professionals who are trying to pursue their passion in this specific field or trying to transform their career into this field? So I would say uh, passion is really very important here. Uh, I, if you ask me, I, I feel kind of sad when I see uh, advertisement that tells you that, oh, uh, become a data scientist because you can earn this amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, no amount of money can actually really cover the frustration with the work except for passion and uh, money together, I would say. Um, so um, tips or advice, I would say, Go for your courses if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for your courses if you want to. But at the end of the day, uh, you must understand that a data scientist is actually a solution provider through data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go for any like boot camps, if you go for any uh, training programs and all this, you must, you must realize that what, what, what happens is that you are only learning the tools of the trade. Uh, mm-hmm. you really haven't demonstrated any ability that you can solve a problem with data. Mm-hmm. Uh, a common analogy I always give people is this. If you go to a school uh, to learn data science, you go to a bootcamp to learn data science, what happens is you're just a, a carpenter, right? That knows the different tools inside your toolkits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a carpenter would be more valuable, right? When you put those tools to work, and you build a nice furniture out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your, your consumer or your employer, right, wants you to build that beautiful furniture, not whether you know the tools inside the toolkit or not. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the most important to them. So uh, in terms of tips, right, then I would suggest is don't, 
you can still learn and all this, but I would suggest after you learn a certain level already, don't question and say whether you have, you have learned enough, but just jump in and do a project. Oh. Uh, just jump in and do a project. Mm -hmm. And as you do a project, you will likely uh, have some idea why you're inadequate. And this is where the internet comes into picture. So use your search search engine to your to the fullest extent and look for the information that you need to help you to progress in the project. Mm -hmm. uh, so in terms of tips, really, I think the most important is start a project, mm -hmm. uh, start a project, mm -hmm. and also document the projects as well, uh, so that you can prepare it and then after that show it to your uh, potential employers. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm -hmm. great, and thank you so much. That was really very useful as well as the wise advice to have whoever is trying to break into this field. So thank you so much. And we are moving towards the closure of this show. So last section we have is around the leadership. So the way mm -hmm. you are leading your area of interest and the passion, uh, how would you describe your leadership style and any specific pool, like a leader you always follow and admire? Oh, okay. Uh, leadership style is, I would generally like to give people a chance as long as they demonstrated that they want a chance. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always hold this belief and that is actually two beliefs. Uh, one, one is I can never satisfy everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, but second thing is if a person does, so if a person doesn't really want to take out the opportunity, I also don't want to force a person to, to take up. Mm -hmm. I would love to pass an opportunity to someone who's passionate enough uh, to do it. Doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that uh, if he doesn't have any uh, skills, then I said, no, I'm not going to pass the opportunity. More importantly, it's really the passion and whether uh, he or she has the technical skills to carry out the, the, the task and all this. Right? I think that to me, that is secondary. Uh, mm -hmm. I being in the field for so long already, right? I kind of feel really passion drives, drives a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the person is really passionate, he or she is quite, is going to be very, very proactive right? in, in learning more to uh, finish the task. Uh, at hand. So, so I would say my leadership style is uh, more of like, I don't want to claim credit as long as people want to do something that he or she is passionate about, mm. then I'll let them, I'll let them run. And it's okay to make a mistakes along the way. I think uh, humans are infallible, right? We will definitely make mistakes along the way. And if we, if we do right, I think the most important is to uh, learn from it. Uh, mm. The most important is to learn from it. Now, as to uh, any specific leader that you always follow, right? Um, I kind of feel that everyone can be a leader. It's just whether you're in the position or not. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone is in the uh, position or not. So uh, I won't say I follow anyone uh, so specifically, um, but I try to learn from everyone. Mm -hmm. Now, it may sound a bit weird here, but uh, generally everyone actually has a lesson to share with me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Now, you can look at lesson as uh, two types. There's a good lesson and bad lesson, right? Mm -hmm. So if a person, everyone can give you a good lesson and bad lesson. Everyone can do that. So mm -hmm. just more importantly is you differentiate whether it's a good lesson or bad lesson. And if it's a good lesson, good. Mm -hmm. Take up. Okay, take up. If it's a bad lesson, good also, you avoid. Mm -hmm. uh, you avoid. Yeah, so that's, that's the kind of, uh, uh, I'll say the leadership uh, and a leader that I look up to. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great, actually. And this is like a really, very great leadership, unique leadership style I've heard so far. So thank you so much oh, for sharing. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. 
and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show it was really very insightful and just to close this episode i would like to summarize it in a way that the ping shang is definitely a great example how he transformed his career and managing to lead his passion so as he mentioned that if you are enough passionate about the field like data science and ai it is more important that you put your energy and efforts to learn and even though if you learn the things just don't stop yourself there you will go ahead and do your own projects and uh, focus on documenting and presenting that so that organizations can count that as well so thank you so much uh, ping shang very very yeah. much appreciate your time and uh, all your consideration being on the show and as i always say until we meet happy leading let's live together stay safe bye for now hey bye bye thank you hey thank you so much